0: Welcome to the Blending In Podcast, where we chat with innovative educators who are integrating ed tech. I'm your host, Ashley Yazarlu, and I'm so glad you're listening to the very first episode of the Blending In Podcast. Prior to stepping outside of the classroom as an instructional coach and edtech specialist, I was a middle school ELA teacher for 11 years in both Florida and California schools. During my time in the classroom, I very rarely got the opportunity to go outside the walls of my own classroom to actually see the methods my colleagues were using in their practice. So I decided to start this podcast as a way for teachers to get a glimpse into the ways other innovative educators are facilitating blended learning in their classrooms. According to the amazing Catlin Tucker... Blended learning is the combination of active, engaged learning online combined with active, engaged learning offline to provide students with more control over the time, place, pace, and path of their learning. So today on our very first episode, I've invited one of the very first teachers I ever observed utilizing blended learning techniques in her classroom. You're going to get an auditory peek into the classroom of my friend and colleague, Erin Carr, from Diamond Valley Middle School in Hemet, California.
1: Hey, Erin, how's it going? Hi, Ashley. Thank you for having me on here.
0: Oh, I'm so glad that you're able to join us today. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and like your teacher persona?
1: Well, I am a um, teacher in Hemet, California at Diamond Valley Middle School. I have been working as a teacher for, this is my 16th year, I have taught at two different schools, which is okay. kind of crazy. That's only two different schools. <laughs> um, so I've been at Diamond Valley for, I think, 11, or this might be my 12th year there. I've always taught middle school and pretty much a majority of that time now has been math and science. Although I started out at um, sixth grade in uh, language arts and social studies. Mm -hmm. In addition to being a teacher, even though that takes up so much of my time, I'm also a mom of four kids and um, I've been married for 18 years, which is just crazy
0: we kind of have like a a similar, um, path. Like we've both been in education around the same amount of time. We have, you know, a few kids and we're, we've been married around the same uh, amount of time. And so I, I knew when I first met you, I was like, we have a lot in common. I'm going to like this girl. (laughs) And then I saw the things that you were doing in your classroom with your students as when I was an instructional coach at diamond Valley. And I just thought you were so, um, innovative and, and dynamic. And your peers thought so too, because one of the years that I was there,
1: they voted you as teacher of the year. So that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I have a little story that I keep hung in my classroom that is, um, just kind of, I think I got it when I was in um a long time ago and I don't, it's always has stuck with me. So I just wanted to share this because I think that this probably, explains a lot of maybe even like how I've been able to stick it out in education. Um, It's called The Starfish, and it's by Lauren Isley. A young man was picking up objects off the beach and tossing them out into the sea. A second man approached him and saw that the objects were starfish. Why in the world are you throwing starfish into the water, he asked. If the starfish are still on the beach when the tide goes out and the sun rises high in the sky, they will die, replied the young man. That's ridiculous. There are thousands of miles of beach and millions of starfish. You can't really believe that what you are doing could possibly make a difference. The young man picked up another starfish, paused thoughtfully, and remarked as he tossed it out into the waves. It makes a difference to this one. And I don't know, that just has always, um, been something that's made me think. And, um, one of the reasons that I've, um, just think that education is so important.
0: Wow, thanks so much for sharing that, Erin. That's truly inspirational and explains a lot about who you are and why your peers um, chose you to be their teacher of the year. So thanks for sharing that. So to kick us off today, can you tell us and talk to us about um, what blended learning strategies are working best for you um, that keep your students engaged um, and motivated?
1: Yeah. Um I'm really glad that you said that earlier because I feel like I honestly didn't get to be very <laughs> innovative until the last couple of years. Um because so oh, nice. of the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's nice to hear that Somebody thought I was doing this before then. <laughs>
0: yes, I did, Erin. I thought you were amazing before the pandemic. Oh. But I'm sure that your your skill and um, expertise in blended learning has only grown this last couple of years as as we all educators are kind of forced into this digital learning environment. So um how yeah. do you keep your kids, you know, motivated to do the hard work
1: of learning? That is very tough. Um I would say that blended learning like lends itself naturally to being engaging for students but that being said it doesn't just happen on accident i think the past couple of years have let me know that or taught me that i don't know to look at teaching in a different way like look at it from uh, an aspect of when we went through the pandemic and we had to do virtual learning it made me think about engagement in a different way it's not just fun what makes a kid want to engage with an assignment that I've given them? And so really, ultimately, I can look at all of my assignments as are they completing it? If not, there's a variety of like a million different factors, but one thing that uh, you know, if they're not doing the assignment, maybe it's not very engaging or it's there might be other things there too, but it's just one aspect to look at. um you know
0: what? i I just have to say, I appreciate so much that, you're able to reflect on that as a teacher and you're able to say, okay, what is it that's going on here that is keeping my students from being disengaged in the learning? Like I know what it is that I need to teach them, but something about how I'm delivering it may not be working. And so you're able to be reflective. And that, that is a really admirable trait that you have. (laughs)
1: Well, it's easy to just want to say like, okay, it's because of this and then throw in the towel or, or just be like, whatever, I'm going to teach it the way that I want to teach it. But that was the cool blessing that came out of virtual learning is that I literally saw the kids either wanting to do the things that we were doing or not wanting to. And mostly I, I really liked just being able to see them I don't know, try some different things. I had to look at it differently cuz I couldn't see them physically in my classroom, so I had to totally rethink about everything that I was doing. Um yeah. and luckily, I mean there's there's a couple of things that are huge. One thing is like catching their attention. That mm-hmm. is even now that we're back in the classroom, that's still extremely important for me to catch their attention.
0: Yeah.
1: One thing that gets me is that these kids are not dumb. They are really smart and they are doing really tough things that I would never even be able to know how to do, even in just their video games and things like that. So that's what It's like they are figuring out a. They're lot pretty tech of savvy. Things. Yes, yeah. they totally are. So.
0: Yeah, and you you kind of um, led me led me into this next question here, um, and let's talk a little bit about planning for these types of blended learning activities so Mm -hmm. you're you're thinking about a lot of things and I know in our district we really focus hard on those PLC questions so like what is it that I need my students to know and be able to do okay now how am I going to make that happen or how am I going to get them there so Mm -hmm. so that's that goes into the planning process so how do you actually plan for these kind of activities
1: well okay so that that is a Fairly big thing to tackle. I couldn't have been as effective with blended learning or with teaching in a more visual or conceptual way without our district really being like all in on looking at the targets and breaking down the standards, not only the standards, but just what they're tested on and which is not actually standards. It's actually the learning targets, which is really getting down to like, what are the big things concepts that they need to know. Yeah. And I'm glad that I said yes to all those opportunities because I mean, a lot of teachers didn't want to do it. And I honestly didn't want to do it either, but knew it would be good. And the more that I've done, the more I know about what I'm teaching. Okay. So how can I design this, take this concept and then design a drag and drop activity to get I don't know to like point their brain mm-hmm. where I want them to go and without them knowing that they're learning. <laughs> <laughs> or I don't know maybe they did. <laughs> they, they they knew but but yeah, I was almost like, okay, how can I catch their attention in that way and then direct yeah. direct their I don't know how else to describe that but like I'm going to direct their brain where to go. Yeah. Um so anyways, we had to have those obviously st- starting with the standards. So I would take the concept start there and the big chunks of information that they need to know and then redesign my uh, my activity to incorporate that and just be a little less traditional I and then that. um even my opener I tried to tie it into the concept so if we were talking about fractions um, or ordering fractions then my opener would be a this or that but it tied into fraction based like a warm up getting them ready for that concept
0: yeah. In that, I, I heard you use the word design. So you're, focus focused on your learning target and the, and the, what kids need to know and be able to do like the concepts, the knowledge, the skills, mm-hmm. and then you go into the design process where you're designing a learning experience for your kiddos. And so I'm wondering, like, in thinking about universal design for learning, um, what techniques are you using to support the students in your classroom that may have all different kinds of learning needs.
1: I think making things, starting with a visual and I'm thinking from a math aspect, but this could also be science that we we do this in science too, just starting with the concept and how to work with that concept in a visual way. Math. It's the most, it's the easiest for me to think of because so I would look for things like pattern blocks or, um, algebra tiles or something like that and start with a visual there and get them talking and thinking about it and making connections between what they learned, um, previously to what I'm going to try to push them towards for sixth grade. Um, that's not always easily done because I don't teach the lower grades. So it's, but I, that's the, usually the visual math aspect that I try to start with. And I think that again, if you go with a visual and you're having them make connections, It's a really formative process. You're watching them and and listening to them come up with how they describe the the math words, what kinds of math terms they use, what kinds of language they use, and what they do with it It tells you a lot about what they already know about it. And so then Mm -hmm. you know your starting point, and then you know where to push them, you know, how to, where to take them from there. I
0: mean, I just heard you touch on... (laughs) you have to know your students, right? Mm -hmm. Like you, you have to know who they are and where they're coming from and what they're coming to the table with in order to be able to design, you know, these kinds of lessons that are going to connect with them and cement the learning. So let's talk about that for us a little bit. Like, what do you do to blend in opportunities to get to know your students and build relationships with them?
1: Okay, my students absolutely still love. I'm going to hang on to this for a long as long as I can until <laughs> until they don't like it anymore. But we have, I have these all these resources now uh, from the past couple of years. They love guess the gibberish, which is like where you just show them a gibberish phrase, and they guess the gibberish on the They guess what it is, what real phrase it is. Oh my
0: gosh, I, I mean, I've never heard of
1: that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of gibberish. those things. <laughs> I got it from <laughs> social media. And, you know, one of the teachers on there and I was just like, oh, my God, they love this thing.
0: Can I just um, tell you, easy. like, most of the ideas that I come up with, I find
1: on Twitter. <laughs>
0: like, yeah. teacher teacher, Twitter or teacher TikTok are the go-tos for <laughs> innovative I, ideas these days. <laughs> yep.
1: Mm-hmm. And my go-to is always, okay, I want the lowest prep possible. <laughs> Yeah, right.
0: we don't have time for that. <laughs> yes, so we all know the the challenge of time, right? Like uh-huh. time for planning. That that was probably my biggest challenge in the classroom too. Is there was never enough yes. time to plan for the things that were going on in my head that I wanted to implement with the kids. Like time and resources mm-hmm. were the two big things. Um, is that the the challenge for you too, or are there other challenges as well in implementing blended learning?
1: Yeah. Time for sure. Um, it is absolutely the number one biggest thing. And that's, it's the thing I struggle with most personally and, and in my job, in my career, because there, yeah, there's never enough time nope. ever, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I have found <laughs> that honestly, some of the, the lowest prep things are the things that are the best for kids because they build the best relationships and, like you don't need a lot to, to do them that I I do a, this or that, which would, you know, which would you rather? And the kids get up, move to the side of the room that they of the choice that they've made and mm. you're talking about it. You have to build in those. And it's a good time to talk about like how to participate as a class. Um,
0: yeah. Okay. I love your that hand. you're, you're blending in movement. You're mm-hmm. blending in discussion opportunities. So when yes. we're talking about blended learning, it's not all tech. You know what I mean? It's Mm-mm. it the some of the traditional learning methods work the best. <laughs> so sticking yes. with what what you know sometimes is the best option.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. That's um, the cool thing about being in person now. The, I i looked at it differently over the pandemic, but then being in person, I was like, okay, now I can actually. I'm going to have some more controls over this, but it's still the same. It's still, how am I going to engage them? And then what are they going to do? Uh, what are they going to do? How are they going to show me what they know?
0: Yeah. How are they going to show their learning? Mm-hmm. So in thinking about some of the activities that you've done in the past, what are some ways that you have um, allowed your students to have some choice in how they show you th- what they've learned?
1: One thing that I did was, and I I'm have to say, I'm not, very good at giving them (laughs) choice. I'm like, you're going to do this, but I I always am trying to get to that point But it does require to like build things and then also teach them how to do each part. So that's a challenge because you really have to, if you're, if they're going to have a choice, they have to know exactly how to do all those choices that they have. Otherwise they're not going to do as well as you would like them to do. So that's the challenge with that, but it's really good so i had a like a grid mm-hmm. a choice board choice, a choice board, board yeah. and they had to there was a certain amount of points that were um assigned to each little square mm-hmm. basically choose their own grade which for middle school that really appeals to them they're like oh okay i can if i do this many points i'll get a c and if i do this many points i'll get a b and if I do this many points, I can get an A. So they feel in control of their grade, which mm. is always, you know, especially at that age, they want to ha- think that they have control. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> The even, illusion of control, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. And so it's a, it's a, like another way of, you know, you hear of like giving them a structured choice that is like giving them a structured choice. Yeah.
0: You know, and I think, and I'm thinking back to like the challenge of not having enough time and, and then having to design and build these resources Um, where might collaboration with your colleagues, um, help with that?
1: Big time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel like I never do that very well either, as well as I like have it in my head, but That is very powerful. And again, I think like all of your teammates have to be on the same page. They have to be on the same pages as as far as like what you want the kids to know too. But then you can, there's so many different ways to collaborate about that. You can, if you've all agreed that you want to give structured choice, you want to get do choice boards, you can divide it up and make one choice board choice board per triad. And then let's say there's 3 people on your team you can divide up the work that way um
0: like divide and conquer right <laughs> uh
1: huh yeah
0: um do you ever um with your colleagues do you guys create like um common assessments
1: yeah we work really closely together on that and i think that we probably don't really worry about like who's doing what we just all we have sort of a template that we use and then when now we've gotten to the point where we have a basically a quiz or assessment for every single chapter or lesson that we have. So then we just pull that up, edit it really quick. But then really the, one of the best things that I think that we've done in the last year, which is crazy that we did this last year because last year was so hard. um, Second semester, we had one of our teammates suggested that we do like a rote, I, if this makes sense, rotations, you might call them like different things, but where we took the, their assessment results, And then created flexible groups because every time it would change, reviewed or re-engage them around those topics that they were struggling with. But they got to go to a different teacher's classroom and they got to maybe use whiteboards in one um, class. And so we did some different things there. I think that would be blended learning, too, because there were, you know... Um, You're
0: collaborating. I mean, yeah. I learned I learned that <laughs> too late in my teaching career that we are better in collaboration than in isolation. Um, mm-hmm. and a shout out to um Jackie Via Senor, who worked with me in South Central Los Angeles. Um, I I am not sure how I would have survived um teaching in such a challenging environment if it wasn't for mm-hmm. her willingness to collaborate with me as my fellow like partner 8th grade english teacher like we shared ideas mm-hmm. we shared resources we built lessons and activities and assessments together and it literally changed the dynamic of my teaching so
1: mm-hmm. when
0: you got colleagues <laughs> on your side that are powerful planners and willing collaborators it it makes a huge difference oh yeah yeah Let's switch gears and and um have a little fun. So, what's your favorite uh drink or treat to have during your school work day?
1: Well, either coffee or Diet Coke. <laughs> I was wondering okay. if it was
0: going to be the same. <laughs> same thing. I, I'm like coffee, coffee.
1: Always coffee. I'm like it's so typical, but yeah definitely coffee. I feel like
0: we as educators like thrive on caffeine. So it's either going to be coffee or like a soda or a tea that you see
1: us walking around with. The whole (laughs) education system is just built on caffeine.
0: Yeah, for (laughs) sure. Um, If you had to give some teachers some advice. Maybe some teachers who are a little tech hesitant with implementing mm. blended learning or people who may be hesitant to collaborate or hesitant to just implement technology at all in the classroom. What what advice
1: do you got? I would say don't give up on it. Um, I work with new teachers. I'm a mentor this year and I was last year and even new, brand new teachers are tech hesitant and they really get in a, um, place of like, they're kind of, okay, I just want to give up. And like the kids are doing this and this with, with it. And so I just don't even want to use the computers at all. And I, have I push each one of have pushed each one of them to just think about it in a different way and like, not let it get their emotions to try to look at it as we have another tool, as long as the kids know what they're supposed to do with it. And we have the right controls on it
0: yeah
1: um we can really help them do a lot more than they would uh, like they're they know technology but they actually don't know how to use it in an educational way so even like active monitoring you might think that that just is about like walking around the room it actually includes going to your go guardian which i think probably most teachers use these days um, and that's part of active monitoring. It's not the whole story, but use it. So you mentioned yeah, Go Guardian. Honorable.
0: So for any um, listeners who may not know, um, Go Guardian is um, a device monitoring program that allows um, the teacher to kind of see what the students are doing on their Chromebooks um, in real time, and it gives you sort of like these. I want to say like. Godlike powers because you can like shut down kids' tabs or like push out websites that you want them to open up right away. Um and it mm-hmm. records everything they do. So if you need a record of what kids did, you can you have that yeah. record in Go Guardian. It's a really cool um platform and tool for teachers. Okay, so speaking of the uh, like tech tools, if you had to recommend like, let's say your top three ed tech tools for blended learning. Not counting Go Guardian because that's more like management, but like learning tools. What do you? What are your go tos?
1: Google Slides. I cannot live without that. And do you um, use
0: just... uh, the Pear Deck add-on with Google Slides?
1: I do use Pear Deck. Absolutely. I would. I would probably include that in one of the top three. But I just actually don't use it, use it that often, and I really should. There's just so much out there. That there is like of so get
0: So um, if we're thinking about Google Slides and Pear Deck. Um, I'm envisioning like a station rotation sort of setting where maybe you've created a um, self-paced hair deck Google slide Mm -hmm. that kids are working through at their own pace, which would free you up during class time to do like a teacher led station or have those one-on-one interventions that you need and things like that. So have you ever utilized it in that capacity? No, I'm not that creative. (laughs) Yes, you are. <laughs> <Dang
1: it. laughs> no, I, I probably have. I've used um, escape rooms too, mm-hmm. which are Ooh. like on, using Google forms, just Ooh. found one on teachers, pay teachers. And it's really cool because you don't need all the locks and you don't need to like invest in all of that stuff, but it's still, they have to have the code to get in. They get very, they work with each other. It's very funny because you'll start seeing like, all the group they help each other out um, so the
0: groups are like collaborative with each other but they're competitive
1: <laughs> well others. yes some are competitive and some are totally collaborative of, with other groups they'll like help <laughs> out hilarious. the other groups and you're like no I didn't watch
0: <laughs> don't yeah. help
1: them out <laughs> um so we I've used that before the that kind of a thing and that's really engaging um and they have to have the right code. So it's like, yeah, they gotta do a lot of learning for that, <laughs> depending on the um the escape room. I love that. Yeah. So Google Slides, you mentioned stations. I have done stations before, but not really used like used it. I haven't really paired it with uh a Google Slides. So that's a very interesting idea. And I like <laughs> it.
0: Might have to follow up with you um after you like maybe try that. <laughs>
1: we'll exactly. see how it goes. <laughs> Yeah. In science a lot, we use, um, simulations and like online simulations to show different concepts. Yeah. And, um, so that's a really neat thing. And I would think that it would go over their heads because sometimes I get into those online simulations and I'm like, what in the world? Like, how are they, they're never going to get this. And the more time you give with, give them for it, Mm. the better because they, they actually totally get it. Yeah. Um, With the, with the online simulations and then to pair it with some kind of demonstration or lab in person. It's very, very powerful to have that simulation online, but then also a lab or demo in class physically. That is really Really cool. cool. Mm -hmm. That is really cool.
0: Well, Erin, I am just so happy you joined me today for this conversation. And I'm like, so excited to see what else is going on in your classroom. We we might have to come back and be a guest again after you try some of the new strategies that you haven't thought about yet.
1: (laughs) Yes. Okay. I like that.
0: (laughs) All right. Thanks, Erin. Thanks for listening to the Blending In podcast. I hope you gleaned some inspiration to blend in ed tech and some top-notch transformational techniques into your instruction. You can find show notes and resources from today's episode on our website, blendinginpodcast.com. If you've loved what you heard today, leave a review and hit the subscribe button to get notified when new episodes are dropped. Also, follow us on social media and use hashtag blendinginpodcast to add to the conversation. Until next time, don't hesitate to innovate and integrate.